This is the Sermon Podcast of Lord of Life Lutheran Church in Columbus, Ohio, where we proclaim God's extravagant grace, radical inclusion, and relentless compassion. Join us for worship Sundays at 8 a.m., 9 a.m., or 11.15 a.m. For more information, please visit our website at www.acceptingall.com. The Holy Gospel according to Mark, the first chapter. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sin. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The Gospel of the Lord. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The people of Israel had little cause for joy when they heard the words of the prophet Isaiah read in today's Old Testament lesson. They were still in exile in Babylon, and their holy city of Jerusalem was in ruins. Yet the prophet speaks glorious words of comfort. God is on the march to redeem Israel from their exile. Nothing will stand in the way of God's purpose. They are to be reinstated in their calling as a people to share God's glad tidings. Glad tidings that are for all peoples. It is not surprising that this magnificent poetic verse from Isaiah made it into Handel's Messiah. Comfort, O comfort ye my people, says your God. More than any other Old Testament lesson one can think of, it points the way to the Messiah that we know as the Christ. The downtrodden Israelites are to anticipate their salvation and their release from captivity as they prepare to join the prophet Isaiah as God's heralds of good news. We fast forward now, and John the Baptist enters, a prophet of the coming order, who picks up where Isaiah left off He invokes his heritage with Isaiah as a voice crying in the wilderness to prepare the way of the Lord. And like Isaiah, John also preached to an Israel that was short on hope and desperate for a Messiah to liberate them from their bondage to Rome. For John, along with Isaiah, the job was one of preparation, making a way. So John is careful then 
to distinguish his baptism as one of repentance, a baptism of preparation. It is the one who is coming, the one John anticipates, that will ultimately bring liberation, not from Rome, but from a more powerful enemy, human sinfulness and its offspring, death. The expected one will baptize with the Holy Spirit. The baptism that unites one with God, the water of life. John the Baptist would not live to see all that would unfold in the saving work of the Christ whose coming he was sent to announce. In prison and facing execution under Herod, he sent his disciples to Jesus to ask, Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? Jesus answered him, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news preached to them. Jesus is referring to his works his works that were a sign of the coming Messiah, a sign of the revealing of God's reign breaking into history. John would know from this that Jesus was indeed the one who is to come. Now we have seen what John did not live to see. We have seen the babe of Bethlehem become the crucified and risen one. We have seen in him the coming of the future of God's reign. But we, like exiled Israel and John the Baptist, are also a people of anticipation, pointing beyond the present to the final event of God's saving work when Christ will come again. We are a people of anticipation, born to a lineage of hope and called to proclaim it. We are sent into a world in which life is fragile for the most robust of us. Happiness is transient even for those with much, and true joy is absent for so many. It is a world of our own making, and yet it is not our world. It is God's world, and God has owned it with all its tragic reality. It is God's world to which we are sent, and it's God who's doing the sending. We are a people of anticipation. That is the birthright of the new creation. Well, can you own this identity with confidence? Can I own this identity with confidence? Is it operational? Well, maybe it's time for a momentary break from the lofty declarations about our vocation and consider our situation, our context. My dad used to tell this little story, if you bear with me. man walks into the library, goes up to the librarian and says, I'd like an order of ham and eggs with wheat toast and coffee. The librarian, astounded, looks at him and says, Sir, <laughs> this is a library. He says, Oh, I'm sorry, I'd like an order of ham and eggs. <laughs> okay. All right. It's fun to tell the story, and that's why I did it. But it it's also has a point to make. 
do we feel at times like we are in the wrong place? That the context is not our context. That our loftiest Advent sentiments and Christmas expectations are out of sync with the real world around us. For many, the coming of Christmas is more the coming of stress than the coming of Christ. It is not just the stress from the usual frenzy of shopping and holiday preparations that I'm thinking about, although those those can certainly overwhelm us. I am thinking of the stress many of us feel to somehow join the holiday cheer when things in life are woefully out of whack. Maybe the great family celebration isn't going to happen because the family is not in great shape. Maybe the wherewithal is not there for the kind of Christmas one seems almost obligated to have. Did you have a good Christmas? We are almost ashamed to say that it wasn't that great. Because everybody's supposed to have a good Christmas, aren't they? If you don't say, if you don't say so, something is clearly wrong with your life. So maybe we even lie and say it was good when, in fact, it wasn't. And maybe it's not the stress that threatens. Maybe it's sadness because loved ones are no longer at one side. Christ is coming, coming to bring new life. Yeah, sure, says a grieving parent, but where was he when my son was killed in a war I thought we never should have fought? Maybe it's bitterness because there are no friends to give their Christmas welcome. Maybe faith is eroding in the face of the world's evils that make Christmas a mockery somehow. Maybe for whatever reason, the heartbreak and futility of life are simply too much. Well, fine words alone will not dissipate these feelings, some of which we may have experienced ourselves. They are real feelings, real doubts, real anger, and real sorrows. We cannot dismiss them. How can we, the heirs of the Baptist, prepare the way for the Lord? How can we, a people of anticipation, prepare others to receive the full meaning of hope born in Bethlehem, given our context? Is it like trying to order breakfast in the library? Now, the first step to prepare ourselves is to embrace the fact that Advent hope and Christmas joy are not about what we are doing. It is not about what we have failed to do. It is not about what others have failed to do for us. It is not about how the world has failed us all. In short, it's not about us. It's about what God is doing. It is about the unfolding promise of God's new creation. The Christ coming at Christmas and coming in future glory, we know also comes into our hearts with gifts of the Spirit. The love we receive sets us free to love others, seeking for them the gifts of Christmas which anticipate the reign of God. It is the grace of God with us, coming to us each day that empowers a community of faith. Jesus' response to the disciples of the Baptist 
gives us some clues as to how we might be the channel of God's hope. The reign of God brings the ultimate triumph of life over death, sealed in the resurrection victory. When we Christians respond to the needs of the hungry and the destitute for whom there is never a Christmas banquet, and when we hold the hands of the dying to affirm even their ebbing life as precious, we anticipate God's coming future of everlasting life. Jesus healed the sick and pointed to the reign of God as the triumph of wholeness and health. When we, out of self-giving love, care for persons who are physically and developmentally challenged, and when we concern ourselves with the health care needs of all our neighbors and the poor among us and around the world, we anticipate God's coming future when all are well, it is a testimony to the hope within us. God in Christ came for all. Christ is coming for all. The future that is coming is for all, to be one with God who will be all in all. Paul to the Galatians. There is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male and female. For all of you are one in Christ Jesus. All are one. Gay, straight, bi and trans, black, white, red and brown. As we embrace divine inclusivity in word and deed, we anticipate God's coming future. Maybe if we are about these things, those struggling with doubt, anger, or sorrow, made more intense by the way holidays shape our lives, maybe they will see hope in the deeds of a loving community that calls itself Christian. Maybe even those who claim no faith at all will start to take notice. Maybe our loving acts of anticipation for our neighbors will also help us to deal with our own doubts, our own sorrows, our own angers. Being for the neighbor who needs a word of help, hope takes us out of ourselves, our own failures, our own doubts and fears, and turns, to, turns us to what God is doing, what God is doing even through the likes of us. Maybe we will have helped prepare the way for our Lord of glory. Maybe we, with our Advent Christmas message of hope, are not in the wrong place after all. Maybe the librarian will say, sure, sunny side or over easy. <laughs> In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.